Hey everybody, it is Patrick Kirby, host of the official Do Good Better podcast. I have some bad news for you. Well, it's good news for me. I'm going to be on a beach this week, which means no new episodes. However, I'm going to share with you, no, re-share with you, two of my favorite episodes that we've done so far. So please enjoy these classic official Do Good Better podcasts uh, episodes, and we'll be back with you live next week. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Well, hey, everybody. It is uh, the official Do Good Better podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kirby. Uh, And of course, this show is all about featuring small nonprofits doing great big things and I am so excited uh, to have the CEO of Operation Phantom Support, John Valentine, with us today. John, how are you? I'm doing well, Kerb. How are you doing, man? I am doing fantastic. Uh, better that you are on the show. And I'm really excited to not only introduce you and kind of introduce your organization to the listeners, uh, but really kind of exposing uh, a lot of people to a lot of, um, you know, sort of ideas and, and, and issues and uh, solvable issues, by the way. Uh, yep. for the veteran, veteran and first responder community. So why don't, first off the bat, uh, kind of tell everybody uh, who's listening and watching uh, what Operation Phantom Support is as an organization. All right, so what we are, primarily we're an active duty military, honorably discharged veteran and first responder and their families, day-to-day living assistance. So we help soldiers, veterans, and first responders and their families with just day-to-day living stuff. So we provide programs that basically help these soldiers, veterans, and such and so forth, save money throughout the month to make things just a little easier so they get through just a little easier so they're not struggling just as, as hard as they were. Uh, and just to also bring them into a family of people, another a huge group of people that are all going to go through the same things so they don't feel like people are looking down on them when they come in to see us. And it, it, it's just kind of like a big group. I call it my brotherhood, sisterhood kind of family that we all, even as soldier veterans, we all still come together yeah. Uh, to help each other out and support each other so that we all are doing it for each other. And it's uh, kind of the military thing. After doing 20 years in the Army myself, it kind of rolls into kind of the military concept of us never leaving a fallen fallen soldier behind and never leaving any of us behind. So we just kind of created it more for us to pick each other up and kind of help out in that's, little kind uh, of unique things. So, yeah. yeah, that's really brilliant. You know, kind of uh, continue where, you know, the other services stop uh, filling any gaps that are needed and, uh, and holes. That's really, uh, really fantastic of you. So thank you so much for what you do. We like to talk a little bit about big, hairy, audacious goals, like kind of planning, uh, at your organization. So dreaming big, uh, sort of what are your big goals that you have, uh, for operation phantom support? Well, my personal big goals for my organization is this. I got, a building to pay off. I got vehicles to pay off so that we take that money that we're using for all that and we can flood it back into our programs uh, and just make ourselves more self-sufficient. Uh, so that's my dream. That's what I've been working really hard to do is just uh, plugging away at raising money to help us with our, cause we have a mortgage on our building for like, it's like $300,000. So we're trying to pay that down it's, and we own four buildings. So it's not like a little itty bitty building. Oh, so nice. we have some room for growth. We don't have to worry about any of that for years to come. Uh, we have a big box truck that we bought that was refrigerated to be able to transport all our food items and keep them fresh and safe. So there's some, some ongoing administrative costs that I need to take care of that for me 
as the founder and CEO, those are my goals is to get those things paid off so that we can re-roll them back into our, you know, our funding for our programs and be able to bring on some more staff to help out and make things a little stronger. Cause again, like, you know, having more minds involved in things, make things stronger in your organization. So uh, that's my goal. I know my team has different goals because they all have their programs they work and they're doing different things. But the overall mission right now for me is to kind of get people to realize that, you know, having a brick and mortar type nonprofit is a little different than having a website driven nonprofit because there's a lot more work on the ground. There's electric bills, there's, you know, gas and water bills, there's all these other things that just pile up. And then you look at your money, and you're like, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh. So, yeah. Uh, so, my goal is to get rid of those because that would save us probably around six or eight grand a month. Mm-hmm. And that we can roll back into what we do. So that's my personal goal. Uh, the organization has goals, of course, to improve on things we're doing by improving our services and stuff. And of course, my my directors are all driving their trains and trying to raise money their own way uh, through the different fundraisers they do. But for the most part, it's just let's get our feet solid on the ground that we own all this stuff and we're good. That way, we can focus on our programs. So that's what we're looking for. You know, to a to a donor's brain, having something tangible like uh, that paying down and that being owned and this being reinvested back into programs is something that people love. So you're doing the right thing. I like that story. You know, um, and and part of that is donors are always looking for unique organizations that are making maximum impact. So maybe you can talk a little bit about. Um, the things that you are actually and actively doing uh, as an organization and how does that different and does it work better than everybody else? Why are you uh, the charity of choice in your uh, sort of veteran military affairs sort of uh, help uh, with first responders and veterans and active military? Well, I'm going to tell you this straight up, Pat, is because where we're at, we're located right next to Fort Hood, Texas, which is the largest, either the largest or second largest military base in the country. Okay. So we have over 40,000 soldiers that are on Fort Hood. There's about 100,000 veterans that live within a 50-mile radius of Fort Hood. So we are saturated with this. This is a military town. We're all military. Everybody's here. Like Every third car driving down the street in our, in our city has all got disabled veteran plates or they have military stickers on them, blah, blah, blah. So this whole town is military. So, And we're the largest military nonprofit probably in the state of Texas now because last year alone we serviced over 50,000 soldiers and veterans came through our organization in one calendar year. We helped that many soldiers and veterans throughout the year. Uh, yeah, we're killing it. So. The biggest impact we have, though, is because, like I said, we have a food pantry that, that most food pantries in the country are open once a month to most people. They can come once a month. Sure. Our, food pan, our food pantry is open eight times a month, oh, and wow. they come every single time. Ooh. So if they come every single time, it's like three or $400 worth of groceries they're getting from us just because they're supporting us and just because they, you know, they need to help. The help. Uh, but think about that for a minute. Most, most families, most economically challenged families don't budget their grocery store. They budget their bills and then they look at what they got left and go, okay, we only got $175 left for everything else. So we got groceries, we got gas money. Uh-oh. So what the whole point of me doing this is because that's time in the military. I had that happen to me all the time. My soldiers would come to me and go, Sergeant Valentine, I paid all my bills and everything, but I only got like $75 left. I have to get groceries. I haven't got diapers. I don't have this. So I would reach into my pocket, pull out 200 bucks and give them the money, say, go get what your family needs. Then come back and sit down with me so we can work out your budget and get this figured out so we can see what we can do. So when I got out, I knew that I would make a bigger impact. Instead of having, you know, I, lo- I worked for a nonprofit before that used to take soldiers on awesome trips to see the Dallas Cowboys or go, you know, all Pittsburgh Steelers, all these different fun things to do, which are great. They get good memories, mm-hmm. but they're really not sustaining the problems that these guys are having. Take their minds off it for a little while, which I respect and I understand, but mm-hmm. they're coming back to that problem they have. They're coming back to that situation they were in before they left for that trip. So yeah. I wanted to create my nonprofit where – 
I'm doing everything for their families every single day. We have a free birthday cake program, free Christmas toy program, free backpack program for school, a car repair program, a tire program, the food pantry. We have a program for uh, families with young adults with special needs that are phased out of high school that got nowhere else to go. And we have a program just for those kids. So we've done everything we could think of that was going to impact the family throughout the year, all year long. So we're going to hit every birthday, every Christmas, every school year for school. We're going to fix their car when it breaks down. We're going to replace their tires when their tires get in a bad shape. So what else can we do? So those are the things now I'm working on a homeless program and other things I'm working on with the city, but that'll matriculate itself into that when we get there. But everybody around here knows when they need something, they come here. Cause we also have a, we other work, we work, we don't do financial assistance. Like I don't pay nobody's bills for them. Cause I tell them you sign up with us and donate $20 a month. Then you can use all our stuff. And then sure. you're going to really help your family. Cause mm -hmm. see, that's the other difference about me and a lot of nonprofits, Patrick is I created this because I had soldiers in mind, not mm. people. So I know soldiers have a lot of pride and things can get in their way from them asking for help. So I developed our nonprofit where when the soldiers and veteran want to come and need to sit, I ask them to sign up and donate $20 a month, just $20 once a month. And then they get access to everything that we do. Their priority access to everything we do. So I help people that don't donate, but I give priority access to the ones that do because they're supporting the mission directly. And that's how I explain it to them. And then they all sign up, donate 20 bucks and we're good. And that's how we bring in a lot. 90% of the money we bring in is from that. So it's, it's a big part of what we do because I wanted that brother and sister to come together. So when they stand in line, like today, we had four, today was a pantry day for our organization. Every Thursday and Saturday is pantry. Today, we had 486 individual people come through our food pantry, which impacted over 1,400 family members mm. one day. Mm. Now, Saturday, we'll do another one. Four or 500 people will come through on Saturday. So we have average between 800 and 1,000 people a week come through the food pantry. So you're talking 3,200 to 4,000 mm. people a month. You know, that's a lot of people. Uh, but see, they're all chipping in and helping. They're all helping. And they know everybody in that line. They're all helping each other so they can look at each other and smile and know you're helping me. I'm helping you. Mm. This is awesome. You know, this is awesome. And then plus my volunteers are just amazing. They're, there's hugs and people know each other. It's, it's like a big, huge family. So, you know, our nonprofit turned into more of a, it's, yeah, it's military tone, but it's more of that brotherhood, sisterhood where we're all coming together. No one cares about what color you are, what religion you are. We just know you serve your country or you're serving your community and you're there and we want to help you and that's it. And that's, that's kind of the judgment base I wanted to be at. That's all we care about are those critiques. So our nonprofit focuses on that and that's how we want to push. And I, like I, work, I work with all the nonprofits in the community here. Like I work with everybody. They send me something, I help them. Even, and like here's the other thing too. Even though we're military, like today was the third Thursday of the month. So it was an open community pantry for the whole community. Civilian, anybody can come on the third Thursday. Just like every other pantry in the community. Once a month, I'm going to everybody. Yeah. Uh, but I never, we have never turned anybody away for food. So if a civilian shows up on a pantry day, they're not really entitled to be there. We still give them food and we just explain how it works so they can come every third Thursday. But we don't turn them away for food because they're there for a reason. Their family needs help. So we help them. Um, and that makes our team feel really good too, that we never turn anybody away for food no matter what. Uh, but it does, it ties into a lot of things we do in this community. And, and we just literally won from the, the local newspaper here in town. We just won the chair, the, the local nonprofit charity of the year. We had to put quotes on their thing. So we won the, run the award for the third out of three out of four, last four years, we've won their award for the most popular nonprofit or charity in the community. So it's been a pretty there's so much to unpack for a lot of nonprofits who are listening to this, which is one of them is an active participation of those who are actually getting the services, which I think is a wonderfully unique thing that not a lot of organizations do. So kudos to you, John, on, on, on really trying to recognize that, you know, um, 
involving those that you're serving and the success of the organization. What a, what a wonderful well, content. That was, and that was really, Pat, that was a really big part of me because I wanted them to feel the pride too. Yeah. That they know the people standing in front of them, behind them in line. We're all helping each other, man. Like we're doing this together. So, and it's only 20 bucks. It's not like it's killing them. It's 67 cents a day for 30 days. So it's not killing anybody. Mm-hmm. But by then, they're, they're like a part of the group. They're like part of the foundation of this nonprofit because they're the ones making it work. Yeah. And that's what I wanted for my soldiers and veterans to realize is that, you know, I donate $100 a month because I would never ask a soldier to do something I wouldn't do myself. So I literally donate $100 a month just to show everybody that I wouldn't ask you to do something I'm not willing to do. Mm-hmm. I do it a little bit more because I want to make sure you see that I'm really making the effort. And that way you see that. And that way the 20 bucks. And then we have guys come in sometimes that can't afford it. No big deal. We'll still sign you up. You can't afford it till next month. Don't worry about it. We got you. And people understand that too. So they respect that. And they understand John's going to go over the top to make sure everybody's taken care of. They'll get, they'll get on board with this and eventually they'll see it and they'll want to do it. And I have families do all the time. Like they come in like, I can't believe you guys do all this much for us. And we don't give out canned food in our food pantry. It's all fresh fruits, mm. vegetables, meats, frozen dinners, and like breads and pastries. So they're not taking home canned stuff like you do at a lot of pantries where you get canned goods. We give them fresh stuff. So they get fresh vegetables. So yeah, we put a lot of effort into that. So yeah. I would, uh, I was going to ask you a list of things of, uh, of uh, documented successes you've had at your organization, but I think you just rattled off about 15 of them. And I think that's really one of the remarkable things um, is your actual impact. A lot of people talk about, you know, I'd love to do this, or I'd really like to get a hold of this. And, you're kind of in the trenches doing a whole heck of a lot of that. So uh, that's outstanding. And, and maybe we can turn it around for sort of taking a, bri- a bit of a moment. You know, you, you, you got the award from the community that was wonderful. Uh, but a lot of nonprofits, and especially those that are probably listening, which are small and sort of, uh, sort of uh, pull, your, pull themselves up by a bootstrap sort of uh, organizations that don't take a lot of time to celebrate successes. And I think acknowledging that you're doing something well is part of that growth pattern makes you feel good, self-love as an organization. So maybe you can kind of give a shout out to your own organization. What can we cheer on for you today? Big or small, anything in between. What can we celebrate with you as a big win, small win, whatever the case may be at uh, your organization, Operation Phantom Support? Well, I'll be honest with you, Patrick, the stories would be, it would take me hours to go through all the soldiers and veterans that come through here and are just so appreciative. But the bigger thing for me is, and growing through, like I said, through the military, you know, in the army, they used to teach us as leaders that you don't get, you don't get the award for yourself. You get it for your soldiers that are out there watching what you did that presented the award. The purpose of the award is more important than the actual physical award. So what I always tell people is this, without my volunteers and my staff, I don't care all the imaginative dreams that I have and all the the stuff that I put together and manipulate to do these things. None of it would have came to fruition without those people. And those people are the reason we're as successful as we are. So if I'm to celebrate anything, I like to celebrate my volunteers and my staff because I got to not only keep them in a positive mindset that they're appreciated and they're loved, but that also the people that come to that need the assistance that come in here, they need you as much as you need them as far as why you're here to volunteer Mm -hmm. and you're getting that fixed. They need the same fix. They need to see that happy face, that smiling person, that love. So, and I tell this to every nonprofit CEO or founder whoever I run into, I said, it ain't about me. I said, I don't need anything. I got all the awards in my life I need from the military service stuff. It's not about me. Yeah, I like to be told we're doing a good job, but it's not me. So I, even though I'm the one that comes up with this and then I do a lot of that stuff, <laughs> it's really not, I don't want the accolades on me. I want it on my staff. I want my staff to know how much we wouldn't have been here like, we wouldn't have got there without you or my volunteers. We'd have never got there without you. I gave out this year for Christmas. We gave out 
815 military kids got toys from us. Hmm. So all those kids' families, moms and dads that came in, never get three to four toys per kid. So if they have five kids, you're talking 15 toys that they got to really bulk up that treat under, under, so they had a really nice Christmas. But if I wouldn't have those 25 volunteers here, that would have never happened. You know what I'm saying? Because I couldn't have done it by myself. So I'm a big proponent of that. I, 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 I passed the accolades and I passed the, uh, the appreciation to those guys because seriously, man, I would not, I wouldn't be, we wouldn't be as successful as a company and as an organization without that foundation of people. And I think, cel- I think celebrating volunteers and people that you've got on staff is the best way to, uh, I, I don't need any accolades. I just want, I love it. Absolutely. Well, I'm proud of what I do though. I'll take and tell you this. I'm proud of what I've accomplished and what we've yes. accomplished as a team, but I don't, yes. I don't need accolades for it, but I just know in my heart that I go home every night and I know we're making a difference on this community, a huge difference on this community. That's what matters to me. Well, I, I think that's, uh, that's, that's an amazing, it's amazing gift uh, that you have to recognize that and recognize staff. And it's also really interesting to kind of, again, share the love and sort of show the appreciation to those that are also helping you outside of staff. And so I always like to, Uh, offer up a platform and say, what individuals or businesses that maybe deserve a shout out uh, that we can say, hey, listen, John recognizing you as somebody who just stepped up and made a difference. Uh, Maybe a couple of, uh, you know, individuals or one or two individuals. I got a couple of businesses around here that are pretty good. Extraco Bank, which is a local Central Texas uh, banking. We've been banking with them since we started. They're the ones that stepped up and saved us in the building, helped us buy the building and got all the loan, everything squared away. So they've been a huge uh, supporter of us. Yes. Um, so they did great. And then First National Bank, which is right behind us over here on the corner, they stepped up this year and they, they helped us raise enough money. They gave us enough money to buy our forklift that we needed to help unload our truck. And that was just it was an unsafe way we were doing it before. And now with a forklift. So they did an amazing thing. Uh, we just partnered up with Caliber Collisions, which is a, a, a organization down here that does you know car repairs for body work and stuff. When people now. But they just stepped up. Not only are they re, they're redoing my vehicle and they're like dressing it up and pretty make it look like an army truck and those that we take it in the parade. <laughs> but now they're going to step up too and become part of our Operation Monkey Wrench. So when people need to get repairs that are body work to their car, now now we're going to be able to do something with that. So, and there's a lot of great organizations in in our community that have stepped up to try to help us. So, um, but those are the three biggest that I can think of off the top of my head. Outstanding. Um, you know, and playing playing off that from organizations. You know, I think a lot of uh, and you said you said out of the gate that I, there's not a nonprofit I wouldn't work with if it's helping uh, us out or helping the community. Is it or is there an organization or uh, a nonprofit that's in town that's uh, maybe small? Does like you know maybe there's a tiny small. group that's that yep. deserves some kudos from you and appreciation yep. from your group? Yep. There's uh, Over the Edge Outdoors, which is run by Chris Ellenberg. He's a buddy of mine. He's a ex veteran too, but he runs a it takes soldiers hunting and fishing and veterans hunting and fishing to get them out of the house and kind of get them off their butts and you know, get them out in that activity, do something physical. So he, he's been a great partner with me. Yeah. Uh, uh, Julie from Pink Warrior Angels, she does a, it's a cancer based uh, nonprofit that helps uh, spout, you know, women with cancer that are going through things, breast cancer, whatever it might be. But her organization has been, we work with them for a lot. We help get them lotion. They get, they do help, they help us with stuff. So it's kind of, kind of a handshake, handshake kind of relationship. Yeah. They're both great organizations. Uh, Operation Once in a Lifetime, which is based out of Texas, is the, the board of directors I used to be on. Is a buddy of mine named Patrick Sowers. Fantastic organization. Uh, he's based up there in Dallas, Texas, and he does a lot of great things for soldiers. He helps out down here at Fort Hood all the time with me. Uh, and then, I, just so you know, too, I'm also the president of the nonprofit council for this, the Chamber of Commerce here in Colleen. Yeah. So yeah. I actually sit over that and kind of help the other nonprofits kind of make sure that our social media is, you know, we're all giving each other classes on how to improve our organizations and do things better. 
Uh, we work with the chamber really strongly on that stuff. So we do a lot of great things in our community. And we work with, I work with all the, I work with the Central Texas uh, Food Bank is the one that provides all our food for our That's food standard. pantry. Uh, they're up in Austin. Uh, so we work with a lot of great organizations here. The Rotary Club here, uh, the, the Moose Lodge, you know, the VFWs, they all support us. So there's a lot of organizations I could list, but uh, there's yeah, again, just great people here, yeah. Again, it's another example of if, if, if they're nonprofits who are listening or kind of uh, a little wary on working with other organizations or being a part of uh, a greater team and, and, and sort of helping lift up each other, that's the way you do it. I mean, this is proof positive. You, ca- you can't get it all done yourself. You got to lean on other people. And that's. And the only else? way you get stronger, the only yeah. way a nonprofit gets stronger is if all the nonprofits are working together to ensure the community. Like I haven't, I have a lot of nonprofits come. They're not military, but they come in. Hey, John, can you, yeah, I'll help you out. Cause I know yes. it's going to impact somebody in this community. Yes. So yeah, of course. So I tell all the nonprofits all the time, it's not a competition. Mm-hmm. Okay. We get together to talk to each other. So we're not stepping on each other's toes, but no one in this room is trying to sabotage another nonprofit. We might accidentally do something because we're reaching out, trying to work something. But by meeting in here and having this meeting, we can talk to each other about who you're talking to. Like, I'm not going to go talk to that bank for a donation if you're going to go there because yeah. I don't want to represent and I don't want to try to make them choose between which one's better. Yeah. So you go do that and we'll talk to them six months from now or whatever. We'll talk to them next year, whatever. Love it. Or you go to a, so if we all don't come together as nonprofits, first of all, the community you live in is never going to get stronger because all those different entities that do different things are all one big circle in the end. Yeah. And no matter where you are in that circle realm, if you're not working together, you're going to make the circle get a cut in it or a hole in it. And then, then the circle ain't going to be complete. And the city isn't going to, or the community you're living in is not going to be as successful or, or as positive because the nonprofit, if the nonprofits can't work together, something's wrong. I'm just saying, because if all of us have the heart to get in this job because we want to help others and then we're not helping the others that are helping others, who are you helping? Because it's just not, it's not a competition. I tell people all the time, you can't think of it as a competition. You got to think of it as a, a cohort We're working together to make it stronger so our community is better. We're nonprofit soulmates, my friend. This is uh, you and I speak the same, same language. Well, and, and, well, let me say thanks for uh, for you coming on the show by let, offering a, a free bit of help. I mean, I like to give as much advice. I as love free, so bring it. But, so it's a nonprofit. Love free. Uh, how can I help you? We've got a fundraising question. You got a. a, a, a piece of information you'd love to know i got answers you got questions throw it i got i got got tons of questions but the most the most intriguing question for me was the one i brought up to you before was about how do we reach out and start to get people to do that stock option slash Mm. stuff kind of donate i know there's a way to do i've been researching a lot lately but some of the verbiage is a little long for me you know i'm just an old military guy you know i'm not really super educated in college and so i get lost in the sauce sometimes there but I know there's a way that people could actually donate their dividends and they could donate their, because I have one young lady who every year in, in February, mm-hmm. her 401k makes whatever excess that she has. So she donates that excess. Yes. And it's like four or $5,000 every February. So I'm like, happy yes. time. But yes, I know there's a way that people are doing in that stock market area. They're doing what they have stuff they got to get rid of that they can't account for that's going to hurt them, but they could get the tax write off so they can right. use it. So yes. I'm really interested and intrigued to how to find out how to make that at least an option for people that want to donate to us. Right. A lot of different ways you could go about doing this. First thing that I kind of heard, you don't know the language and that's okay. If you're a nonprofit out there and you think you need to know all the answer to this, you don't. 
You just need to be friends with people who speak the same language in the first place. So one of the things that I would uh, suggest is reaching out to all of your uh, investment buddies, all, everybody who works with stocks and investments and that kind of thing. Ask them to come on as part of an advisory team to say, hey, how do we get the word out to these individuals? How do we know that we can offer uh, a pathway to either get in the door with you uh, or others or set up a small uh, time to do an online version of this where we're just answering questions and then really provide a space on the website through social media that allows them to either intake questions and answers and then you can kind of uh, spread it out, spread the love anywhere else. There's a lot of changes with the tax uh, code that changed a couple of years ago. Uh, a lot of people can defer tax uh, uh, sort of breaks uh, year after year for a couple of years now. So people are like bulking some gifts together so they can roll it over. That's a lot of confusion. And here's my tip to any nonprofit who's looking at the same question. Don't get a degree about it. Don't worry about it. Just make friends with people who are in the industry and then have an open eyes dialogue with people who are donating to you and saying, hey, if you want this as an option, we got some leads. It's not as scary as you did. Uh, and you can help maximum benefit. And actually I turned that on uh, or turn that on its head in a way to say, listen, it's not about kind of how many stocks you're doing. It is, this is going to be the impact made at these dollar amounts and they'll figure it out because they know their taxes. You probably don't. You don't want to get mixed up with some of those things because you're not qualified to say it. You don't care. Uh, yeah. All you want to do is give them a route and an avenue to do so. So make friends with your uh, super uh, investment buddies. They're the ones who are going to get it done for you. On it. I'll get on that right away. Right. I love it. Well, hey, we've come to the end of the podcast. Jenny, you've been a fantastic guest. This is so fantastic. When people ask me uh, kind of uh, on how all things go uh, when it comes to Operation Phantom Support, I might give them the old line. Let me tell you what they don't do. It's a lot shorter list. So I want to give you the floor. If somebody's listening to this podcast or they uh, kind of looking me up on the internet and they're watching this interview and they want to help, uh, how do people get a hold of you? Is there anything that they can give you? Is there an amount of money that you're looking for outside of that, of course, that $300,000 to pay off your building? Um, how can people get a hold of you? Floor is yours. Promote away. Go. All right. Thanks, Patrick. So, so listen, um, what I like to start off with everybody is to remember this. You know, our country started off as people stepping up and becoming soldiers and defending what we were going to have for our country's future. Uh, all we do is provide for those young men and women that have done that. They volunteered to go to war. They've done what they've done, had to do to, to support their country and their families and all that stuff. So all we're looking for are people that believe in that. Um, I'm not asking you to do something that's outside of your norm. I would tell you this. Just research the nonprofits that you've been donating to. You know, Look up their 990 online and make sure that that CEO is not making half a million dollars in salary that's taken away from the donations you're making because he wants to be rich and he wants to work in the corporate world or she. I know there's a lot of nonprofits out there that they make substantial amount of money on their nonprofits and it just sickens me every day. But anyway, I don't want to digress. Look, we're always looking. So a $20 donation helps us do a ton. It helps us buy about 500 pounds of food. It helps us make about four, two or three birthday cakes. It helps us buy two sets of backpack supplies. It helps us with a partial part of the car repair stuff. So there's a lot of things that $20, just a $20 donation will help us in so many different ways. All I ever ask any person to donate is $20. I've never asked for more than that from any individual. They want to donate more. God, I love you and, and bring it on. But I only ask for 20 because what I want you to do is tell your friends to go to our Facebook page or website, check it out and donate 20 or donate a dollar or whatever, because every dollar matters. And I promise you this, I don't take a paycheck. I've been working off this, this job for years. It's not about the money for me. It's about what our mission is. I pay my staff. I pay my people that work here and put in the hours and sweat and tears. But 
I don't get paid for a reason because I want people to know when they donate here, the CEO here is not making money off it. He's just running it because he loves what he does and he believes in it. Uh, so any dollar matters. So if anybody's out there, you're a fan of support.org. Uh, you can check us out there on our website. Uh, there's all kind of, there's a video of me talking so you can hear me talk some more. Uh, all our financials are on there. So you can look at all our financials since we started in 2014 till now. Um, everything's there. Our blogs, there, our newsletter, you can see. Uh, we assisted over, like I said earlier, we assisted over 50,000 people last year, 2019, and all the money was brought in. Right now we're at 85, 15. 85% of it goes to programs, 15 to administrative costs. But that's because we're a brick and mortar and we got some bills to pay. But we're working that this year will be at 90% because I just started two other companies that donate all their money to the charity. So yeah, buddy. Um, yeah, I, have a, I make my own alcohol, I have my own coffee, and I got some other jobs going on that all the proceeds come here. So I'm trying to be that entrepreneur. But anyway, yeah. uh, just check us out. Um, believe in it. This is a nonprofit, and eventually we will go, we will go um, nationwide. I got a guy who wants to open one up in Vegas. I got another guy who wants to open one in Fort Bragg in North Carolina. Uh, so there'll be Operation Fans for Vegas, Operation Fans for Fort Bragg. So they're going to start popping up uh, so we can support more soldiers and veterans that live in those areas that are heavily sedated with soldiers and veterans. So uh, and any military branch, so not just soldiers. I say soldiers because I was one. But uh, I just appreciate you, Patrick, for letting me be on here. And all your listeners, thank you for listening and putting up with my voice. I know it could be a little <laughs> overwhelming. Oh, I absolutely uh, love it. we can get, yeah. Well, thank you so much for what you do, John. Uh, again, CEO uh, Operation Phantom Support will have all the links in the show page as well. Uh, this is the official Do Good Better podcast. This is exactly the kind of guest that we're going to have on uh, consistently through all these episodes, which are small nonprofits doing amazingly big things. John, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. Thank you for having me, Patrick. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. There are countless videos, books, articles, and folks out there with suggestions on how to raise more money. Of course, that's a major problem. Too much information. Do Good University has an online library of lectures, courses, and trainings that concentrate on one thing, making fundraising simple. Come join other like-minded do-gooders who are looking to unclutter their fundraising life. Enroll at Do Good University today at dogoodbetterconsulting.com.